Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Everything's Fine. I am your host, Kyle Pagan, and as always, joined by Mark Henry. Victory Monday. It wasn't pretty. It was an ugly win. But before we get into that, we have a new sponsor called Taproom. Taproom, if you don't know what Taproom is, you hate paying basically delivery fees for GoPuff, Drizzly, all that stuff. Well, then you try Taproom. They'll deliver the drinks right to your door. None of those hidden service fees. And just for Everything's Fine listeners, they're offering $50 off their first $100 order with code FINE50, P-H-I-N-E 50. That's right. Go to pa.taproom.com and get $50 off your first order. And the best part is if you get your order in before 4 p.m. today, they'll get the drinks to you today. What's better than that? High quality, hard to find beer, cider, seltzers, and more. I know we have people who uh, listen to this podcast down in, in, in Florida, over in California, you want some Yards beer, order it through Taproom, pa.taproom.com, and they'll deliver it. All right, Mark. Ugly. Is that probably the right word for it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ugly. But a win is a win is a win. And this team is – I've bought back in. This team is going to make me believe the defense, after getting shit on the whole week – Came through, Darius Slay, pop out some more children, because holy shit, I still haven't seen the tweet, I don't know if he tweeted everything, but I couldn't wait for it. Uh, Here's some analytics for you, after the shirtless guy ran on the field, (laughs) the Eagles went, outscored the Panthers, and went 18-3. to My my comment before the game is on the ad and buds in ears and alcoholic beverages on doorsteps. That's, that's our, that's our motto here. But uh, yeah, I mean, it absolutely was ugly. There were so many times in this game where I angrily switched to red zone. Uh, like, cause I had red zone on my Xbox going and it's always a little bit behind. So when the Eagles, you know, go three and out on a perfect opportunity, when they get the ball, like the 50 and go backwards, 15 yards in the third quarter, uh, just one example. Uh, there was so many, times in this game where i was like this is just like a lost season this is this is just a like why am i wasting my time watching this game like situation and my you know i have friends in my one group chat calling for sirianni's head like making sure that they get their opinion out there that sirianni's a one-year head coach and and i'm not saying i agree or disagree but uh it's just funny how fast things can change and i i felt like at halftime when it was we were going in 15-3, we kicked that long field goal. Uh, Jake Elliott comes through, and it's 15-6 going into halftime. People were acting like this game was a blowout. Like, and I know it was so bad. Like, I know it, it felt was like so a blowout. Ugly. It did. It a hundred percent did. But I couldn't stop thinking, like to myself, I was like, 15-6 is like not a big lead. Like, they have a nine-point lead here. Like, Carolina is not this, you know, unstoppable team. Like, and we saw that every time we needed to stop them towards the end of the game. We did, and the Eagles' best player in this game was Sam Darnold. I think this WIP caller says it the best. Uh, somebody called into the, the morning show today, according to Elliot Shore Parks. 
A caller on the WIP morning show just called from the hospital because he got so mad during the Eagles game that he passed out from yelling. Found out they won once he woke up. Says he will send the bill to Howie Roseman. Like, that's a perfect encapsulation of of that game. How many times were we going to run a screen? Oh, my God. How many screens? Go north-south. Just run the damn ball. I was, I, hey, not a big run the damn ball guy. The Panthers defense just got gashed for 242 yards the week before. Just run the damn ball, Nick. Of course, we come out three straight passing plays. Uh, I think at one point it was 22 pass plays to four rushes uh, in the first half or, or first quarter. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know what to think of Nick Sirianni. I can't, I can't put my thumb on this team. What they're good at, what they're bad at, what the game plan is. I All I know is highlighters, pens, mine, uh, under one and a half was the easiest bet of all time. And, uh, and if you weren't listening Friday, I called the shit out of that one. And I worries me a lot that you can't win with a guy who gives into public pressure what they say on the postgame show. That's not a winner in my book. That's not a guy I want to go into the foxhole with who's worried about Michael Barkan throwing 13 pens and highlighters on his visor, who's worried about people making fun of his shirt selection. So he comes out with an all-white shirt after they get absolutely pummeled by Dallas, uh, who forgets to do motion, uh, pre-snap motion, and then does a bunch of motion the next game because he was just raked through the coals in the media. You think Belichick would do that? You think Andy Reid would do that? You think the great ones would do that? Would be worried about what this team or what this this fan base thinks? No. He should have came out and ha- adorned like a like a crown of thorns with with uh, high letters and pens all around his visor on Sunday. But no, instead we get nothing. We get screens. Yeah. I'm not happy that he's not a man of conviction. I mean, mm-hmm. if this is a man uh, who's who's true to his convictions, he would have he would have put in some more highlighters in there instead of taking them out. And you know, when a guy, you know, he just had to be normal. He had to wear a normal hat. And you know, everyone just puts like numbers of injured players on their brim. You know, 65. We have no fucking idea what's going on with Lane Johnson, but apparently he's. We have to do a memorial for him on the hat. Um, so uh, you know. You know, apparently highlighters are a no-go, but tributes uh, to alive human beings that are, you know, banged up. <laughs> that's, got, you know, that's that's totally copacetic. It's a goddamn bingo card on his on the <laughs> brim of his hat right now. Um, it's ridiculous. What'd you take away? I, I, like, my takeaways were, thank God for the defense. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, is he a franchise quarterback? That'll be every question on every Monday. And now I'm kind of blaming Nick where it's like, is he put in a position to be a franchise quarterback? Like, I'm happy with the win. I think we're going to be second in the division when it's all said and done. After you're looking at uh, the Giants and Daniel Jones might be out for a long time. And then, unfortunately, the Heine King didn't play that great. And uh, he came way back down to earth. Um what did you think? What What is your takeaways on, on on Monday? I think like during at the first half, my thought was, damn, you know, we we play Kansas City. Our offense shows up. Our offense shows out and our defense can't can't force a punt. And then in this game, 
how many plays did the defense make? How many stops did the defense make that gave us a chance to win this game? And in the first half, and for a long time in this game, we couldn't do anything with it. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. And it, it, for a while, it felt like, are we just going to be one of these teams where we can only get one side of the ball going for a game? Like it, it felt, felt like there was a good chance we were going to hold them to twenty and not be able to break ten, and that was going to be the game. And Jalen Hurts turned it on in the second half. Jalen Hurts looked. So it's just like crazy because I know John Jansen, my guy out there, is ready to tweet about every negative Hurts play. And then I don't think he sent out a tweet in the fourth quarter. Um, but everyone is so on Hurts when he plays bad. And that first half was bad. He, I think he was like nine for 11 at some point for like 34 yards or something crazy. Like he was not going down the field at all. They were throwing so many screens. They were throwing so many bubbles, so many short passes. And they couldn't get anything going. And then he comes out in the second half, and it's almost like you should use your mobile quarterback in the run game. It's almost like when you do that, things start opening up. And when you do that, the defense doesn't just focus on the pass. It has to focus on the run, and now you're making them work out two evils, and it's not going to work every time. So we finally started moving the ball. We finally were able to make things happen when we started moving Jalen around in the pocket, calling designed runs for Jalen. I, I mean, a couple of those uh, read options that he pulled – I don't know why we haven't been doing that more. And I think that that's going to be something that's really important to see going forward. How about after the after that one touchdown, he does the Cam Newton Superman? People said, was that a homage to Cam? I think it was a troll. So when you say troll. Him trolling the Carolina Panthers fans for yeah. letting Cam Newton go. I think yeah, it's a troll. Yeah. People are like, that's, that is Jalen paying homage to cam which i'm sure if you ask jalen he would say yeah i was paying homage to cam if you get jalen in a room by himself i think jalen says i was trolling um what do you think i think it yeah i think he's trolling the fans more than anything i mean that's 100 percent what was happening but i think it might be one of like those you know i'm friends with i could see him being friends with cam i feel like cam has a ton of friends in the league uh quarterback especially the younger guys because he has a bunch of qb camps uh, so I, I feel like he's probably boys with Cam and in the back of his head, he's like, oh, they should have never let Cam go. And I was like, oh, well, they're probably doing a lot better since they let Cam go. But like, I, I think it's one of those, like, you let him go, but like, it's kind of homage because he probably is friends with them, but it's more so just like, fuck you, Carolina fans. Cam did a lot for, for, for black QBs too. Uh, oh, for I, sure. For sure. Did you see, I love that we're starting to get like, we're starting to get like a Jalen that's not like buttoned up as much. I don't know if you saw John Clark's video at the end of the game. I'm going to put it up right here. Um, I didn't, but it's Jalen. I, I forget what he said. He was like, he's, he cursed. Uh Oh, he said, made that shit too fucking hard. He just got too much goddamn swagger. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it is just ridiculous. He he really does. Like that's why I think we're, we're so scared to like bury the guy. Like as, as like not make him a franchise quarterback because it's like he has so much swag, so much confidence. Just a guy that you just want to get into the foxhole with. Like I would I would jump on a grenade for for Jalen Hurts. Um Maybe because I don't know if, if Jalen could pick up that grenade and throw it back over to the Axis powers or the Allied powers. I don't know which ones we were in World War II. Con- 
I have an off the field concern with Jalen Hurts. I, I, I know you. I know you didn't hear this. Uh, so on college game day yesterday, uh, they did a whole segment. Spencer Rattler was struggling. Uh, Spencer Holy Rattler sense. was like the yeah. Spencer Rattler was like the Heisman favorite coming into this year for Oklahoma quarterback. If anyone doesn't know or doesn't follow college football out there, it is they've been undefeated. They've been winning games, but he has not been playing well. And Oklahoma fans have been chanting for the backup. So last week they had like a, a full blown stadium roar for the backup quarterback and Spencer Rattler ends up winning the game and all week long. It's all oh, the Oklahoma fans are really scumbags for, you know, booing Rattler like that. He's supposed to be the future. He's supposed to be a first round pick, yada, yada, yada. So you come out in the red river rivalry, uh, the red river shootout, I should say, if I'm not trying to be PC uh, and you play Texas and Rattler can't get anything going. It's the first quarter. Texas getting up. You can't do anything. They throw in their freshman. They throw in Caleb. Uh, Williams. Caleb. Caleb Williams, yeah. yeah. Caleb Williams, and he goes on his first play in the game, 70-yard rushing touchdown, right up, like just insane play. One of those, like, oh, I'm I'm the captain now uh, <laughs> situations. But the but the Jalen Hurts aspect of this is they did a college game day segment on, on Spencer Rattler, and they were asking him, you know, how are you fighting through the adversity? Uh, how do you feel about Oklahoma? Has anyone reached out to you? And he goes, oh, yeah, I talked to my boy Jay Hurts. I talked to Jalen. Uh, and he was telling me not to worry. Everything was going to be fine. I was going to come out and beat Texas. Uh, and, you know, just don't worry. Just worry about myself. Worry about my mentals. Uh, it's um, not good. Bad first quarter. Got benched. Got benched. And and what were they down? Like 20, like three touchdowns? I don't know what the I, – I wasn't, like, quite as in tune on the game. I kind of tuned in as they were coming back a little bit. Um, so I, I didn't see how far they were down, but I was following Twitter and you would have thought Spencer Rattler was playing like the worst game of football of all time from, from what, from what, uh, NFL and draft Twitter and college football Twitter was saying. So it, the concern here is does Jalen Hurts have the ability to, to give a speech to a bad player and make him good? Hmm. Hmm. That's my concern. Oh, he was talking to Caleb Williams. He wasn't talking to Spencer Rattler. No, he talked to Rattler. He talked to Rattler, and he and Rattler, Rattler was saying Jalen got my confidence up. I'm, I'm ready to go. And then he, and then he came out in blue chunks. Is Jalen Hurts a good talent evaluator? He probably doesn't have a future in the scouting department for the Verse. Um, what do you think of anything else like Devontae Smith? Man, like again, seven seventy-seven. That fumble. Eh, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Hold on to the ball, Rook. But hey, this is a guy who is legit. Uh, the fact that Joe Giglio even was allowed to tweet out that we should have uh, drafted Micah Parsons on the draft when the Cowboys would have, in hindsight, never traded with us if we wanted Michael Parsons. Uh, they probably would have grabbed Micah Parsons at 10. So I don't know where that came from. Um, but this is going to be our first 1,000-yard receiver as a rookie since Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, he's on pace for 85 catches around, uh, I think, 1,067 yards and three or four touchdowns, which is right around what I was expecting, kind of, maybe a, a few more touchdowns. And that would be helped by the fact that the last two weeks he's had a touchdown taken off the board due to penalty. Uh, I mean, when that happened in this game, I, I don't know how I went this long without mentioning that. That was when I really almost blew a gasket. When they when they end up having to take a field goal, when they go for it on fourth and goal and, and you get a pick play. Why are we calling pick plays? Do we just have no confidence in our receivers to get open? Do we have no confidence in Jalen Hurts to try to escape the pocket and run into the end zone? Why are we obsessed with calling pick plays? It, it makes no sense to me. And also, if you're going to call a pick play, 
Maybe don't be a fucking idiot about it. Greg Ward sitting right here, hanging behind me, ran a ran a route as a blocker, and just like immediately, uh, what, what are you doing? Just running his run his direction. I, I I don't get it. Jalen Hurts leads the league in illegal touchdowns by far. Has to be. He would legit be on pace for one of the most historic like eagle. At least he would be on pace for the most historic QB season in Eagles history if he had those five touchdowns. Like not if he had those five to touchdowns it. back, he would have twelve and he would be tied for fourth with Jameis Stafford, Josh Allen. Jameis did have like a five touchdown game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like he would he would be a top five touchdown passer in the league. Up there with like uh I think he's like right behind Tom Brady in like total yards as well. So like he'd be having like I don't want to say like an MVP season, but he could be having like close to an MVP season if uh if we if we knew how to run a proper pick play from a coach who is a former wide receivers coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the concerns at the wide receiver position are to me very damning. Like this is damning that we're seeing receivers step out of bounds. And that's why I freaked out about that with Devonta last week and with Rager a few weeks ago. And then with this pick play, I feel the same way. And you look at Zach Ertz, one catch on six targets. Dallas Goddard, two catches on yeah. three targets. What the fuck are we doing that Zach Ertz is doubling targets for Dallas Goddard and getting less catches? Like, oh, what are we doing? Miles Sanders, five receptions for six yards. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, That's almost impossible. It's just like, I want to use Devonta. I want to use Quez. I want to use Goddard. And instead, we're like, let's use Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, and Jalen Rager. Oh, my God. Say something positive. Oh, yeah. I mean, Darius Slay. I mean, I, I've given Darius Slay a ton of shit in my time. I, I've always kind of viewed him as overrated. I've always kind of viewed this Eagles defense is one that can't make plays and can't step up and make the tip pick, get a pick, get, uh, change the momentum. And you look at the Darius Slay picks, you look at the Nelson pick to end the game, you look at the the punt block by TJ Edwards. I mean, just guys stepping up all over the place in areas that you wouldn't expect. And, I mean, that's what it takes. People aren't going to remember that we look terrible in this game. People aren't going to remember that our offense didn't play well. And I said it with Notre Dame on Saturday night. I said it with, I think, uh, maybe the Iowa-Penn State bet that me and Kyle were talking about on Saturday. There's no room for comments in the win-loss column. So this will go forward as a win. And now we're in a situation, obviously, we're going to Tampa. That's going to be tough. I don't think we're going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wrapped, but, up, wrapped up right hand. Did you see the true. wrap? Did you see the right thumb? Yeah. One of, some, one of my friends 12. was like, one of my friends was like, well, maybe Brady won't play. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brady's going to think Brady's going to make it to the game. I think Brady's uh, going to tough this one out. Yeah, I think he'll play. Uh, but then you get the Raiders after that. The Raiders have not looked as good whatsoever. The Raiders have really, really taken a step back to the point where they're playing Denver next week. I don't even know if I can bet the Raiders. And I usually – I'm always betting against Denver. So uh, I'm curious to see where the Raiders are at next week against Denver, and then we'll play them the week after. And I think that's a winnable game. If you win that game, you're at three and four going into a really, really – really soft part of the schedule. I think the next game would be against Detroit. Uh, and, hey, you're three and four going into a soft schedule with a lot of the games in the NFC East and a lot of the games against teams like Detroit. You're going to have a chance to make some noise. You're going to have a chance to to make yourself heard going down the stretch. All right, so you look at the playoff predictor. 
Cardinals number one, Cowboys two, Bucks three, Packers four, Rams five, Bears six, Panthers now that we own the tiebreaker over them, number seven. But we're on the bubble. Uh, we have Saints. They are three and two. We've got Washington, who's number nine. They're two and three. I don't know if these are updated since since the uh, since the losses yesterday. Well, I guess they they should be. Uh, Vikings two and three. Eagles two and three at eleven. So we're basically one game behind the Saints. One game, honestly, behind Carolina with the uh, the tiebreaker. So yeah, we're talking about a potential playoff team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you got to if you're looking at that wild card race. I imagine that the Rams. And Arizona will both make it. So you're looking at Chicago. I mean, look, Mark, Orleans, from one Carolina. to six, from one to five, C's one to five, Arizona's five and oh, and the rest are four and one. Like yeah. The NFC is is good. Yeah, I, I do think there's room for a seventh team, though. Like, I don't think the Bears, the Bears being three and two, it's one of the craziest, like, stats of all time. Like, I have Bears over six and a half or seven and a half wins this year. And I remember I was getting made fun of for that a few weeks ago. So... I, I really think that uh, that the Bears have really impressed me, but am I saying that they're going to go to the playoffs? I don't know. They haven't really beaten anyone to impress me that far yet. New Orleans, I have no idea what New Orleans is still, uh, so I think that they're still on the fringe. And then Carolina, I think we, we showed a little bit of what Carolina was yesterday, especially without Christian McCaffrey. I think they win that game with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, pretty, I'm pretty confident saying that. Uh, so maybe this is a different team once they get him back, and maybe that is the team that will step up into the playoffs. Maybe this is a bit of a, you know, an aberration that win uh, for the Eagles. But yeah, I mean, those are the teams we're not talking about. Like, we don't need the Rams and the Cardinals to lose. Like, we need teams like Seattle, Chicago, New Orleans, Carolina to hang around 49ers. where we're at. 49ers, yeah, that's that Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Those those types of teams, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say something good about the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia as a whole. Um, way better bathroom sex policies in the link <laughs> than whatever's going on in, in Carolina. You had a tweet. I don't understand. Why are you arresting people for bangers? Yeah. This isn't this isn't public indecency. They're not out in the open. Let him finish. Let him finish, man. Let him finish, man. Fire jersey. What the fuck is this? By the way, ton of Eagles fans in Carolina. Shut up. Like, how's this guy getting arrested right now? How do you get arrested? Where, wow. What law? What law is my man breaking right there? Except just trying to have fun. The yeah, law I, of secretion. <laughs> I, I, why is she not getting arrested? I thought we were all equal in 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. I thought Sean McCoy, norms don't matter McCoy, anymore. LeSean McCoy's been trying to teach us about inclusion for a long time. Exactly. So. He was on the leading end of inclusion. Um, I, I'm shocked. I'm baffled. How hammered was that guy that, like, he walked out and looked so confused that there were, like, cops there? Like, that guy was in his own little world. He had one idea 
and he was going to he was going to get that idea to completion. Like how, to how, long it, do you think they, how long do you think they stood out there? Because that video cut, that video had a jump cut in it. This must have been like a, a five to ten minute bang session. I mean, if we had if we had rules like this in the Philadelphia sports complex, there'd be no there there'd be no police officers in the city of Philadelphia anymore. They would all be reporting to the bathrooms at Philadelphia sports games. No, I'm, I'm joking. Not that I've seen all these. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the uh, Wells Fargo Center bathroom's a, a porn, but you know, I, I have a, I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling that the the Birds fans are sneaking into there in, in the link during the game. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that this is an uncommon thing in Philadelphia. And I think if cops saw it in Philadelphia, it'd be like we got we got actual things to worry about here yeah. in Philadelphia. Maybe in Carolina down there, you podunk police officers. You're too busy. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not. Gonna this is why that. we beat the South. <laughs> the South will not rise again. The South will not rise again. That guy's dick, though. That was oh, rising. Missing. That was rising. <laughs> this is such a this is such a South move. I don't know if you ever really been to the South. I guess I kind of consider probably North Carolina is where you probably, or maybe Virginia is where you start the South. Whatever. It's a different world down there, man. You go to Atlanta, and you're in the you're in the airport, and people are just so fucking slow, like just walking with people. I remember I went down to Jackson Hartfield, which is like one of the most busiest airports ever. And it was just like, what are we doing here? Like, like walk people. Like everything is just so slow. They're so nice. Like give you the shirt off their back kind of people and whatnot. It's just, it's a culture shock that obviously Eagles fans don't know how to behave when they have to go down to the South or go down to a visiting uh, area because it's just not a real area down there. Yeah. I was shocked. Like uh, is, is Carolina, like uh, a tourist attraction? I suppose we sure it's pretty nice. Really? Yeah. I've never I've never heard people be like, you gotta get to Carolina. You gotta get to Charlotte. I think I've Charlotte's relatively that. new on the terms of like it's not Charleston, where, where Charleston's a big one too in South Carolina that people are like making that a destination. Uh but Charlotte's up there. People are like Charlotte's uh kind of a hidden gem. But uh shout out to our guy, keep pounding. Yeah, I feel like oh, geez, that's good. Um, I, I feel like. By the way, did Kansas City steal that? Did the, the Chiefs do something with a big drum now? Oh, I saw Salvador Perez was doing the Kansas City Royals guy who cost me a shit ton of money by leading the league in RBIs this year. But I saw he was banging some drum at the Chiefs game, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Feels like a little gimmick infringement. Uh, if I if I had to know anything about that. Cincinnati, they also do the turnover drum. Drums are drums are incorporated a lot. I feel like in, in, in sports, but yeah, I know the keep pounding that, that year where Cam and them went fifteen and one. Keep pounding was all over the place. Do, Just, do you did you hear about the whole Purdue Notre Dame drum fiasco? No, I would love to hear it. Tell me, Purdue. This is a couple of weeks ago. Purdue has some huge drum that I guess they've been rolling around for two hundred years, or like one hundred fifty years. Notre Dame recently renovated their stadium. And even though it could 100% fit, they were like, nope, the drum can't fit. You can't bring it in. And mm. Purdue was like, what the fuck? It's our drum. Ta- Tactical warfare. I like that I by Notre Dame. I, I love it. I the love Irish. It. I was, keep them out of there. They're just boilermakers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, hey, Eagles fans, between that, Atlanta we took over, Dallas I didn't see one Eagles fan there because I don't think anyone anyone wanted to show their faces and whatnot. But yeah, man, I mean, we're 
Eagles fans travel. Eagles fans always travel really well. Not in saying that. I mean, there was a lot of lot of 49ers fans at that at that game at the lake this year, and uh, a good amount of Chiefs fans, but definitely a noticeable amount of red at so, that uh, at that 49ers game. We go to Vegas later on this year. I know that, and that'll be. I'm sure that's like half of the Eagles fans that are planning to go to an away game. I'm sure that's the one they're planning to go to. Yeah. Do we go to LA? Do we go to the Chargers? Do they come here? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Uh, Eagles schedule. Because if we go to LA with that, that no, Chargers, they come thing, here. They come here. Uh, that's actually well. Remember shit. the Super, remember the Super Bowl year? Yeah, I mean, that was a home yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, what? Did, by the way, like. It keep it keeps being impressive for the Chargers. I mean, they won that game. This isn't a chart like we're talking about the Eagles still, but they beat the Browns in LA. And if you watch the game, it felt like it was at the Browns game. Like it is just a, a crazy, crazy thing. Like the Raiders have seemingly been able to cultivate a fan base in Las Vegas, and maybe they're hoping that Justin Herbert can do the same in LA. But it's it's they're not there yet. Well, when you have to when you're the home team, you have to practice the silent snap count. That's you know it's gotten bad. <laughs> That's a mess. Like you almost don't want to get the chargers at home. Like you want to get them (laughs) on the road because it's almost like you can kind of get an advantage there and it's almost an even playing field. Uh, So that's actually interesting. All right, let's, let's, let's let's jump around the uh, NFC East. All right. Where do you want to go first? Giants, Cowboys or or Saints, Washington? We could talk about, you know, uh, you know, we could talk about wobbly. (laughs) Wobbly Jones. I mean, there were some alleged. <laughs> there were some uh, allegations that you were fist pumping the air <laughs> when you saw Daniel Jones wobbling back to his corner. There were some allegations that Daniel Jones go- going for 402 yards last week was a top five worst moment in your lifetime. <laughs> oh, it definitely was tough for me. <laughs> That was tough for me, but it's bittersweet because (laughs) because now he can't prove himself to be bad. Like, I almost want him playing so he can play bad and then I can shove it in the face of the Giants fans that I know and the people who try to tell me Daniel Jones is good instead of now he's hurt and they have all the excuses. The Giants don't play well. It's like, oh, Daniel Jones is really good. By the way, I, I... what did he go in that game yesterday? Because I think he was started 0 for 7. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, let me check that out. How about Kadarius Tony? 189 oh, yards, good, 10 man. catches, and one ejection. <laughs> the ejection was awesome. But the old Bobby Orr hat trick there for the uh for the rookie. Um, <clears throat> him getting ejected for for throwing an open fist and then Joe Judge just like looking at him like a disgruntled parent or like a uh a principal and it's funny because joe judge's uh mom was my vice principal growing up and just throwing him out of the game just pointing to the locker room like the guy just went off just just beat odell beckham jr's uh rookie single season uh receiving record in a game and joe judge just treating him like he's just part of the trash the trash heap yeah there's a good chance they go two and 15 hundred percent, hundred percent, even with Daniel Jones in there. But Daniel Jones went five for 13 for 98 yards in that game. Uh, I, I mean, this was a guy who started over seven. It's like this. Th- th- that's unbelievable. I went five for his last six. Good for him. Uh, but I mean, this was a game where the Giants just couldn't 
couldn't get it together. They couldn't stay healthy. Saquon's ankle, that was disgusting. As someone with ankle issues. Yeah, you can put it. I, I was actually going to bring it up. It is it is wild. As someone with ankle issues and who's as someone who broke their ankle celebrating senior week, uh, my ankle looked <laughs> the exact same. Like the exact same. Like a baseball. Holy hell. Really nice feet, by the way. Not a foot guy, but Saquon having a uh, a, a job where it's uh punishing on the feet pretty nice feet i don't know the bottom looks pretty scuffed up there you, well, the the bottom, you know you're gonna you're gonna have your 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 calloused feet i mean that's how you become one of the best running backs in the world uh but i was expecting like a brian baldinger toe just like <laughs> the pinky toe just like like doing a, a 65 degree angle um but that ankle man I remember when I had my ankle like that and I was just thinking like, oh, this is technically like it ended up I ended up it ended up being like that I tore stuff in there. But at first I was just like, this is a sprained ankle that got really swell it's like swelled up. And how are there NFL players out there who play from a sprained ankle in like three weeks, two weeks, like a month? Like it is unbelievable. Cause I remember when I had a sprained ankle, it felt like I was out of commission for three to four months. Like, is it a good story? What? The senior week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl dropped her phone. We were sitting on a porch, and the porch didn't have a walkway down. We were on the back porch, but it was also, like, not high off the ground whatsoever. And she dropped her phone off the porch, so I tried to hop over the porch. And my, You know, like, how there's when there's a basement, sometimes there's, like, the wooden boards that, like, cover up, like, the outdoor hole mm-hmm. in the basement? My foot went – I jumped over, and I didn't look where I was landing, and my foot went in between, like, two pl- pieces of plywood – and just like just completely snapped it. I brought my foot out of the hole, took another step, face planted into a car, uh, like like almost like broke my cheekbone. It was a mess. I was I was sober, by the way. I was sober. That's what you get for being a good guy. Yeah, I, I tried to grab just try to be a, a good guy. Grab a girl's phone. Just yeah. never again. Never, never again. I've been in that situation seven times since, <laughs> and I've never gotten another. Phone. But I just I just mean never doing anything for anyone ever again ever again <laughs> oh by the way mike glennon came in obviously for relief shout out mike glennon the all-time leading passer in the 2013 nfl draft him and geno smith gonna go back and forth for it all season i'm looking forward to that storyline all year that is sick i'm all into that but i think that the main factor here is that neck is back in the nfl you have Davis Mills. I can't figure out that fucking Texans team, man. <laughs> oh my god! I was sitting at the bar yesterday, and some guy goes, "Oh, the the Patriots are down sixteen to seven or something like that to the Texans." I like, what did you just say? He goes, "Yeah, <laughs> the Texans. They're up like ten, and I'm like." What is going on? If I would have bet on the Texans on Friday, they would have lost 33-0 again. Instead, Davis Mills is playing out of his mind. Bill Belichick is a fraud now that Tom Brady's gone. Can't scheme for shit. Him and Jonathan Gannon have basically the same amount of, of scheme in their defenses at the moment. I mean, I can't figure this team out. Davis Mills, Mike Glennon, and Ryan Tannehill all starting in the same league with the neck that all three of them have. If I don't know if, if the Giants play the Seahawks or if or the Titans, if there's any cross pollination with those three teams, 
that is just a neck off. Like those three necks are not cool. play fucking neck. Yeah, seriously. Get, go to LSU. Go to Death Valley. I mean, it is just. I didn't, and this actually, I, I knew Glennon. I mean, Gr- John Gruden made it made it known about his neck on Hard Knocks a, yeah. a year ago, a year or two ago. Surprised Glennon with that. all that neck, man. Yeah. Surprised he didn't have that in an email. <laughs> Mike. By the way, I think we have to talk about that actually. Um, I think that my favorite part of this whole thing is that John Gruden's number one, like guys, 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 it's not that serious. Is I also called Roger Goodell a pussy in the yeah. same email. So like, like what was that really? Was that does, race related? Does Urban Meyer just send him like a gift basket? Seriously, I was thinking the same thing. John Gruden took so much heat off Urban. It's crazy. Oh my God, wild. Also. He would be the dad joke guy, Damaris Smith. <laughs> like, the worst thing that happened to John Gruden was football being taken away from him in 2011. And the funny thing was, he wasn't even coaching at that time. He was on Monday Night Football, and he <laughs> is in, he is like throwing his arms up, calling Damaris Smith, Damaris Smith, calling Goodell a pussy because like they couldn't figure out like labor negotiations. And then, I did mean, you see that? Did you see that? Um, that interview with him uh, in Playboy from like 2007 or 2003. It came to light, and he no. was like, "I lost my virginity. You'll love this. He lost his virginity in South Bend, Indiana, to the uh, Notre Dame fight song." And he and they go, "Oh, was there like a band playing the Notre Dame fight song?" He goes, "Nah, man. It was just in my head." <laughs> Hell yeah! I feel John. like you and John Gruden lost your virginity to the same to the same way. I, 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 onward to victory. Uh, went into Blacksburg this weekend. Uh, Kyle's making fun of me. I went out drinking. Um, yeah, I'm a happy man. I, I really thought this was going to be an 0 and 2 football weekend for me. Turned into a 2 and 0 comeback win for both. Uh, I don't even know how either happened. Hey, Penn State lost. No one's worried. Football on Friday doesn't count, so no one come at my fucking mentions and talk to me about a fifty-two to three loss by by uh, by Temple. It was a short week. Right. <laughs> my um, dad came home from the bar the the one time, and he called me, and he's like, "Yo, I didn't think Temple looked that bad. This is on Friday." <laughs> Did he not see like, the two muff punts? Did he not see the fumble? Did he not see the interceptions? Did he not see Desmond Ritter? Basically, not even having to throw the ball and scoring fifty-two points. I think I think the 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 third string running back had like a seventy-yard touchdown run. Yeah, like it was. I think he was. I think he was hammered. It was bad. Know. Yeah, they could have sh- legitimately like Cincinnati could have showed up drunk. Luke Fickle could have showed up drunk to that, and they still would have dropped fifty-two to three. Hey, good thing is more winning would mean more Rod Carey. Let's get it. Let's let's get a home, homegrown. <clears throat> oh my God, I'm choking. Like uh, Temple football did. Um, having Temple football back for a week was fun. Uh, we got to get a homegrown guy in there. Can't be having these 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 pussies from the Midwest trying to recruit these kids, build these relationships in Philadelphia. That's all it I'm going to say. That you guys beat Memphis. It's crazy that you guys beat Memphis. Power six. Memphis beat Mississippi State. I mean, that's that's crazy. We got to um, see win. Anything else on on Dallas? I, I don't I don't know what else you talk about with Dallas. Like they're just a fucking wagon. Like that offense is awesome, and it's going to go as far as Mike McCarthy's dumb face takes them. Like there, we are setting up for a, a Mike McCarthy time management issue in the uh, in the playoffs, probably against like the Packers or something like that. And it's going to be the stories are just going to write themselves. 
Yeah, Trevon Diggs. I, I mean, <sighs> holy shit. This oh guy is just an absolute animal. That pick he had was unbelievable. I mean, He's that's insane. like some, that's some Kyle Hamilton, like like coming across the field, like shut make, the fuck up. No, I, I'm being serious. Like that that is actually like something you only see in college, really, because like <laughs> It's like, should I compare him to Patrick Peterson? Should I compare him to Tyron Matthew? He looks like this 19, 20-year-old kid who's going to be a top five pick on Notre Dame right now. But my point in it is that you can't usually (laughs) do what Javon Diggs does in the NFL. You can't, like, attack balls like that. You can't come and play freelance safety when you're a cornerback like that. You can't come across the field and make an, an impact play like that. He was playing, like, a center field safety role as a corner with that pick that he was definitely not covering that guy on. Like he was covering someone else and saw the Koopy's eyes and saw him throw it. And that reminds me of the play that I've showed on this pod, I believe, with Kyle Hamilton coming across the field against Florida State. I mean, it's just like Trevon Diggs is probably the defensive player of the year. Now, do I think Dallas is a Super Bowl contender? Do I think they can go to the Super Bowl? Probably not still. Mm. I, I, I still probably think they're a, a good step below the Rams, Tampa, Green Bay, maybe Arizona. They were one pass interference away from beating Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I still think that there's problems on that defense. I, I know that it looked better the last couple in general. I still think when it comes down to it against Tampa, it's not going to be good enough like we saw in week one against against L.A. especially. Um, I, I think the Rams are the class of the NFC personally. So when if I compare- shuffled around like Ron Rivera and he was on the Cowboys, would you consider them a, a Super Bowl contending <laughs> team, do you think? It'd have to be like a little better than Ron Rivera. It'd be like if it was like Shanahan, if it was McVay, if it was like uh, – trying to think of someone else that I really like. Yeah, Arian Stefanski. Arian Stefanski. Any of those guys. Uh, Andy Reid? Yeah, yeah. Andy Reid's a better coach than fucking Mike McCarthy. Um, it's high praise from you. It's high praise. Uh, I don't know if you get that Nick Cage reference. but I don't. It's <laughs> an <laughs> SNL thing. Um Someone out there is like, Mark is a, a funny guy. <laughs> Mark is uh, a genius for pulling that out of his ass. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. But I, I think I, I, Dallas' offense is there. I still don't think Dallas' defense is at the level to compete for a Super Bowl yet. Maybe I could be proven wrong. But the more we get closer, the more I'm thinking, this is Tampa, Green Bay, and L.A. The, those three teams. And I know Arizona's 5-0. and I know <laughs> Dallas is a story in football. I just think those three teams are, in my opinion, the three best teams Maybe in football, but definitely in the NFC. It's it's hilarious because nobody believes in Arizona. Like I no one will I, believe I, I in Arizona. Betting, I keep betting against them. I don't know why. I I just I, I I am I will never believe in Kyler Murray when I don't know, man. He just runs to the sideline, takes a shot, and you feel like he's just gonna spontaneously combust. Like he could yeah. just combust it at any point. That five eleven, that dude. If that dude's over five nine, I'd be shocked. He's been big time, like. Pulling your pants up to your nipples energy by Kyler the last couple of games. I feel like he's had his pants really high. I don't know if that's just because he's like a short guy. Maybe he's got a really small torso. I have a small torso. I think torso, he does. So. His torso is very c- compact. I can I can respect it. I have a small torso. But his pants look really high. His pants look really high on his body. That's my take. Yeah. Doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. Sorry. Jalen Hurts <laughs> looks like a franchise quarterback. Sometime <laughs> can't hit a guy on a 20-yard seam. Kyler Murray doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. Leading MVP candidate. So life good, doesn't make sense. Good day for Oklahoma quarterbacks yesterday. Baker put Bro. up 42, lost. But uh, I mean, you have a big day from Jalen at the end of the game, and you obviously have Kyler cementing his MVP. Uh, I guess he didn't even play that well yesterday, but they won the game. So whatever. Yeah. Anything else? 
on the uh, before we get over to the to the Washington football team and the uh, Saints? No, I mean, yeah, Galladay went down too. Giants, a ton of injuries, but yeah, I, that that Washington, the Washington Saints game. This is one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched as someone who had the over really, really hard because this game should have been like 30 to 30 in the first quarter. Like this game, the picks and the missed kicks and the and the turnovers and the fumbles and all the bullshit. Like, oh my God, I was going nuts watching this game. And I, thank God, Jameis threw a touchdown right before the half to make it 21-13 or else I would have been going into that halftime like dreading the second half. But I mean – it uh, looks like the good saints showed up, you know, like the, mm-hmm. and it was a close game for a long time. It was 13, 13. They were hanging around 20 to 20, I think even maybe. And I mean, the saints came out in the second half and were better coached and they were the better team and they were the better defense and they didn't have D backs like Swiss cheese, like the Washington football team. And I don't even know what Heineke ended up with. I'm going to look it up while I'm. How uh, many interceptions do you have? Three. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was making mistakes, and he definitely was trying to make things happen, especially once they went down in the game. Um, I think the one pick was, like, kind of picked. Two. Two picks. Uh, 20 for 40, 248 yards, two picks, 47.6 passer rating. Terrible. Um, Not a good game. You get the good Heine King. You get the bad Heine King. This This is what you signed up for if you're a Washington fan, okay? You got younger Ryan Fitzpatrick basically in a, a QB. By the way, if this is a defense that they had last year, they would have won the game with 22 points. Uh, but, you True. know, they're giving up like 30-plus every game. So, gave up 33 to the Saints. I don't know what to make of the Saints maybe more than any team in football. That, you're 100% correct. Like, the, the four touchdowns from Jameis, it's like that guy could throw for like seven touchdowns, and I'd be like, eh, did Jameis have a good game? Like, you don't nah, – it makes zero sense. That four, four touchdowns or five touchdowns for 158 yards week one is one of the most insane stat lines. Like, up there with, like, a Vinny Velo uh, uh, <laughs> stat line, uh, pitching line. Um, in, insane. But that Hail Mary at the end of the game or at the end of the half from, from Jameis, like, I love that you turned me on to the, to the Washington overs because <laughs> that's something you're just – I'm riding with until it doesn't hit. Next week it's against the Chiefs at like fifty four and a half. It's really high, but I'll, I'll still put it take at seventy five. I'll fucking yeah. get that. <laughs> but uh, by the way, Taysom Taysom took a gross mm-hmm. hit in this game. Taysom Hill, um, so he's probably out for a while. I imagine. I know they carted him off. So this is really the Jameis show now. I mean, this is like there's no part time J- Taysom and the whole taking Jameis out when he starts to to get that look in his eye <laughs> that he's going to throw it to the other team. Sean Payton senses it and, and throws in the Mormon. By the way, just have to have a, a quick quick conversation here. I'm done with Mormons everywhere forever. Um, BYU fucked me on some parlays on Saturday night. Uh, the fighting Mormons really let me down. I will never trust a non-sex having, non-coffee drinking Mormon for the rest of my life. Drink a goddamn coffee. Get some caffeine in your system. Coke. It's not the yeah, it's, yeah, Coca Cola. All right, Coca Cola. Co- cocaine or Coca Cola. Either way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just get get some get some energy in your life, BYU. You show up, you're not ready to play against Boise State at home. Bunch of bunch of cowards. I mean, I, I, every time I think about BYU, I can't think about past the fact that the one time BYU was really good in basketball was Jimmer Fredette. And Brandon Davies was on the team, former Sixer, by the way, Brandon Davies in the process. He reported himself to the president and the AD because he had sex Mm -hmm. right before the tournament. The day before the NCAA tournament, their second best player and their power forward 
reported themselves to the AD and the president. And the president and the AD weren't like, oh, we're going to keep this quiet. Or like, you know, how about you don't tell people you've been fucking? They were like, yeah, off the team. I'll You're off the team. Ruined Jimmer Fredette's uh, title run. It's unbelievable. I, you, they, they, where would Jimmer Fredette be right now if they go on a run? Who knows? Probably not Maybe in Guangdong. Maybe he goes top five. Not in Guangdong. Future uh, teammate of Ben Simmons, Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> I... I I, I can't. It's, I had a friend who was on an elevator with Brandon Davies, and I just wanted to like. I, I when he, he told us after the fact, I just wanted to be like, you should have asked him how the sex was. Like, was it worth it? I think he married the girl or got her pregnant, right? I don't know. I, I think, I, I, I think know that's why that. he came out because he got her pregnant. Oh, uh, if that's true, then I've been giving him a lot of shit. For no, a long no, no, time. no, 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 no. You don't show until like three <laughs> months in. All right. I the, thought the, it was just like a like a Mormon guilt situation. Like I thought. He had it, sex and it was weighing it was. on his Mormon conscious. It was. I mean, he got the girl pregnant. Okay. But like, like I said, you don't start showing a bump until like three months in. So it's like, you would have been long gone. You would have been long gone from that. Uh, now that's, that's next year's problem. Push that one down the road. Like a Howie Roseman restructuring contract. Just kick <laughs> that can down the road. We'll deal with that one in, in November. Um, yeah, totally. Cause that junior year team, I want to say, or that, but the, yeah, I think he, he went all four years, Jimmer. Uh, that junior year team was way better than that that senior year team that they had. I remember. Yeah, they were like a- – Yeah. I, yeah. I, I honestly believe if you asked like the general population no, and you asked them what BYU's ranking was going into Saturday, 2% of people would have said they were a top 10 team. I was shocked when I saw that they had number 10 next to them. Yeah, I think this is just like – there are like 9 to 10 legit teams it seems like this year. And then the number one team like outside of that ranking like – it's never good. Like it, it's crazy. Like this this week, it seems to me that there's a clear top ten. It's the, I I disagree with the AP because I have Kentucky in there. Um, but Is, will Cincinnati get fucked? It's a really interesting question. I was arguing about it on Twitter last night, and I think that there's only really like one scenario where they get fucked. Like I think they should make the playoffs. Like I don't I don't see how. They're going to to miss unless I have like one scenario. Let me let me pull this up. It's a one loss Georgia, a one loss SEC champion Bama who beats Georgia in the in the in the, in the, the SEC championship, a one loss Big Ten champion Ohio State, and then an undefeated Oklahoma. I don't think so. You're not you're not letting Iowa one loss. I I don't think Iowa loses. Like I'm looking at their schedule right now. They uh they well, they, they play nobody. They would play Ohio State. In the uh, in the yeah. Big Ten championship, so I'm saying, if one loss Iowa and one loss Big Ten champion Ohio State, I think undefeated Cincinnati gets in over one loss Iowa. They're gonna blow the doors off of Iowa. Yeah, they're yeah. This is setting up for Cincinnati to get fucked. Like Cincinnati's best hope right now is obviously Oklahoma loses at least once, yeah. or Ohio and State. Emma doesn't win. Yes, Ohio State too, and then Bama doesn't win the SEC championship because Bama's outside looking in right now, five and one. They're they're number five in the uh, AP. Could you imagine a Bama list and a Clemson list and an Ohio State list playoff? I hope so. I, I Georgia, Iowa, one. Oklahoma, Cincinnati would be the grossest fucking playoff of all time. Like that would have so that, that would have zero ratings. I've seen some people come at me about Cincinnati. I have them number two. I think they're the second best team. Well, it's hard to say. Because they beat Notre Dame and you want that Notre Dame loss to look good. No, I said it going into the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame's season's over. So the whole judging Notre Dame losses, they could go 11-1. and They'll make the fucking Gator Bowl. Um, I I mean, 
I think an undefeated Cincy should get in over a one-loss Iowa, a one-loss Big Ten champion Penn State, a one-loss Oklahoma, who would play. I mean, the, there's no one on that schedule. A one-loss Michigan. I, like I think those. I, I think that an undefeated Cincinnati should make it above any of those teams. They sh- the only like again like I think one loss Georgia makes it in front of them one loss SEC champion Bama one loss Big Ten champion Ohio State undefeated Oklahoma the only one that's tough is like well one loss Big Ten champion Penn State which you don't have to worry about because they're not beating Ohio State. Penn State's gonna but, go eight and four. You heard it here first. Yeah. I, by the way, I have under nine and a half wins, and if that happens, I have so many tweets to send out to people who have made fun of me for that bet. Are you keeping the receipts? So many, I saw you getting so many shit on. Yeah, um, people. People were coming at me before I. Tw- I didn't even tweet out. Like I was, I was out drinking. Like I was out. Of, I, I was in Kutztown. I was at my college, so I, I was watching this game on my phone, and I'm getting all these tweets and messages. Like, oh, I'm sure Mark's real happy that Penn State lost. What a great bet by Mark. Mark's a genius. He made such a good bet, like sarcastically. I mean, it's like, first of all, I didn't even say a fucking word to you guys. Like, second of all. I'm sorry your team lost, but like maybe you shouldn't have a backup quarterback who doesn't know how to throw the football. Like I'm sorry, you know when Notre Dame had to play Wisconsin, we used three quarterbacks, so you know we we had to get a couple guys ready. Sorry we don't have, uh, you know, we didn't have. All, we, we're not completely unconcerned with our backup quarterback. All that hate and vitriol directed towards me because I was just gloating. Uh, my team lost 52 to three the day before, and I was just dancing on Penn State graves. And here's one thing, and I and I, I'm just gonna call him out, Tyrone Johnson, like saying, like, and I know a lot of people said it and everything that like it's embarrassing that Iowa rushed the field after they beat. Oh Penn my State. god! Rush the field every single opportunity you get. You beat little sisters of the poor. You beat the school of the blind. Rush the fucking field. Who I forget who the college is. I think it was Clemson that used to do it. They used to rush after every game. I think so. Uh, I, I don't know if they still do it, but dude, there is no better feeling than being 18 to 22 years old, even like 23, even 35, than rushing the field after a big win, after an emotional win, and of course, after an upset. We beat Kansas my senior year of college, destroyed them uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, mm-hmm. rushed the shit out of that court. It was amazing. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Temple beat Duke like my freshman year. Like that was amazing. I wasn't there for that one. But it's just like it's you should rush the the floor, you should rush the field, you should rush the court if you're if if hockey, rush the ice. I don't know if that's a thing. Do that. Like rush the pitch. Rushing yeah, the, the field is the best. You know that the 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 um the conferences actually fine the schools mm-hmm. when that happens. It's pretty and crazy. What was the Arkansas one? The Arkansas one they beat uh who they they beat up on someone Texas? this year? Was it Texas or it, was I it? I think you're right. It was Texas, and they have a shot at the AD. Uh, I think the cops or the SEC. Um, it was A and M. It was A and M. The SEC yeah. commissioner might have been there. He's like, "Hey, listen, you're gonna get fined. Do you care?" And the AD was like, "Fuck no!" Like, yeah. yeah, send the fine in the mail. And they just rushed the field. It was amazing. It was awesome. Like people were crying, people were hugging, like. It's just it's an amazing feeling, you know, as long as you're not going up to like other teams and like and like talking shit and like trying to get an altercation with them. Like rushing the field is the best. Did you see the video that came out, though, of the Iowa storming with the one Penn State player? No, the one Penn always, State player. It's always one. No, no. Opposite. 
the one Penn State player is like walking around and all these Iowa people are going up to him like, good game, man, like good game, like shaking his hand, like, yeah, you, you gave it your all, gave it your all. I, it was number 13. I don't know what his name is. Uh, uh, Everett, maybe? I, I don't know. But number 13, he was walking around um, trying, probably trying to get back to the to the locker room. And all these people were like shaking his hand and stuff. It was cool to see. And you know, this was Iowa's biggest game since 1985. They were number one in 1985. They have not played a top five matchup at home that was as big as that since 1985. So I think they can rush the field if they damn well please. College game day went to their went to their town. Like I, I think it's a big enough game, Tyrone Johnson. Don't tag him; he'll block us. Uh, I called him a dork. I think I don't know if I'm blocked yet. Let's actually look. I'd be shocked if you weren't. I'm not actually. I'm pretty good. And not going after people. So good. Wow. Breaking news. I've not been blocked. I think you some people, I think other people called him a dork too. But then I saw other people like railing against, and it's like, oh, was it not? They don't call it like spilled milk or spoiled milk or whatever, but like people are like, oh, Penn State, you know, backup quarterback. Like maybe, maybe recruit, maybe recruit a quarterback that can play D1. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Clemson's got like two guys that are awesome. Uh, Georgia probably has like an entire grocery list of of quarterbacks one through four who could probably start on any team in America. Ohio State has uh, wh- whoever their starter is now. They have that kid from prep, and they have the number one overall kid who reclassified uh, yeah, for this years. year. Yeah, the kid with the uh, the 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 main. Um, maybe recruit. I don't know. Maybe so, yeah. backup quarterback. Here's the funniest part about this. I do my top 15 every week and I put it out this uh, uh, yesterday. I had Penn State at nine or 10 and I don't, I, I don't, I, I think they're ranked seven or eight in the AP eight. pool. I have them nine or 10. I don't think I'm being all that disrespectful. Um, so I'm getting all these, you really think Cincinnati's a better team than Penn State? And it's like, who, what is this resume by Penn State to speak of that I'm supposed to be overly impressed by? You beat Wisconsin by six. Uh, be shitty. Yeah, Wisconsin, who's lost by 30 to Notre Dame and 20 to Michigan, who I don't think either of those teams are that good. And then, by the way, Penn State needed massive turnover luck to win that game by six, and they needed a goal line stop at the end of the game to win that game. And then you, you come home and you play Auburn at home. Auburn, who gives you the hell of a game, loses by a touchdown, and that's due to a fumble after halftime that you get a short field and you score on. And then I hear Penn State fans coming into this Iowa game. Iowa's not that good. They've had crazy turnover luck. Turnover luck is what caused you to have your only two big wins this year, Penn State. So uh, that whole the whole turnover luck thing was always insane to me. And now I'm, I'm I'm why is Penn State's resume better than Cincinnati's? Why is Penn State's resume better than or and a one loss Oregon who beat Ohio State in Columbus? Oregon beat Ohio State in Columbus. Something Penn State can only fucking dream about because it's been so long since that happened. And I mean, you have Michigan, Michigan's undefeated. I don't even think Michigan's that good. How am I supposed to rank Penn state behind Michigan or in front of Michigan? Like the, I hate Michigan more than Penn state. And I just don't get what this resume is that the Penn state fans have convinced themselves is really strong. You haven't done a thing. That was a big win over Villanova. Yeah. They didn't cover. They didn't cover. Got to cover, got to cover those those ones. You got to be like Cincinnati. You got to go out and you got to see Little Sisters of the Poor, Temple University, come into town, and you got to keep kick the fucking ever living shit out of them, fifty two to three, and that's when you become a perennial powerhouse. 
uh, uh, playoff team. I'm saying it right here and right now. Cincinnati has a legitimate chance to win the college football national championship. Whoa. They match up against Georgia. What's the line there? Georgia minus 20. <laughs> Probably. But, but you I, just said they had a legitimate chance to win the college football. I'll take the money line. But I, I, <laughs> Kentucky is the number 11 team in the country. I yeah, mean, they're getting I, disrespected. I have them as number seven. They're what twenty four point dogs against Georgia going into Georgia. I think they're I think they're plus twenty four. I think they're like money lines. Like you put ten bucks on it and you become a millionaire. So it's like, yeah, all these teams are probably going to be massive underdogs. I still am not at the point with Georgia where I think they're unbeatable, and I, I still think that offense is could have a bad game. Clemson's not very good. They only scored ten against Clemson. Like, uh, I think that offense is vulnerable, and I think we saw with Bama this weekend that everyone's vulnerable. And I still think Georgia's vulnerable. I, I don't think Georgia's better. Also, than their Bama. quarterback's banged up. Yeah. He's also not that good. Like they're using Stetson Bennett and they're kind of like, Oh, is he better? Like they, <laughs> they like don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. I think that both their quarterbacks are like kind of game manager ish. Yeah. Anything else? No, I, I, that was fun. Got, got to, got to get some college football out of my system. Yeah. We don't really get to talk about much about college football, but yeah, hey, listen, Eagles, just enjoy the ride. I think that's. I was going to come on here in the third quarter of uh, twenty four hours ago and just yell for sixty minutes, and then they won the game, and the defense played well, and the defense showed up in the second half, and you totally changed your outlook on on life. I think everybody was drunk yesterday. It was amazing. It was just so much fun. We went to another bar. And, you know, you just see other Eagles fans. You just talk about the game, chopping up shop and stuff and, you know, hugging random people that you didn't even know because the Eagles win. So just enjoy the wins. There's going to be some more losses. How can you not be romantic about football? How can you not? Even ugly football. It's football. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. That's the podcast. Go follow us on Spotify. Go follow us on Apple uh, or wherever you get podcasts. YouTube as well. Uh, Hit that subscribe button and uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday, the first Wednesday, without the oh. great Bob Wankel. Ugh. What'll we do?